the United States Champion of Justice. Fixing America's issues one state at a time. We have serious problems to solve, and we need serious people to solve them. Welcome to the Darian America Show on WCGO. This is America. Don't get you slipping now. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Darian America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, simulcast 95.9 FM. If you'd like to be a part of the show and just want to call in and give your opinions, you always can do so. That's 877-711-5611. Call and talk to me. All right, y'all. Hey, the weather's trying to break on us. I'm so ready. I'm so ready for the spring, man. I'm tired of this cold. Ugh. They're going to run me away from Chicago. Chicago was one of the best cities in the world, but the weather stinks, man. I mean, it's cold seven months out of the year. We get four good months of weather. We get May, June, July, August. Not even May. It's like June, July, August, and then we turn the heat on in September. So, I mean, it's like this. Either you're going to deal with it or you're not. So either love it or leave it. (laughs) A lot of people I know have left it. So let's get into it, man. You know me, the hot button topic of the weekend or the week, I like to kind of dig into that. Rod Blagojevich has been released from prison, y'all. He did an eight-year stint out of 14 years, and they let Rod go. And who did that? Donald Trump. Why did Donald Trump let Rod Blagojevich go? I honestly feel like it's Donald Trump's disdain for former President Barack Obama. Now, let's look at it. Rod Blagojevich went to jail for not really committing a crime. He had intent to commit the crime. I mean, come on. He was going to sell that seat. If you heard those the, the telephone conversations with how he was talking to people about what he was going to do with the seat, and he was, he was licking his chops, man. He had a Senate seat, Barack Obama's Senate seat, to appoint someone to. And he was ready. He was going to sell it. I mean, it was at one point in time, they thought he was going to take the seat himself, which I know hindsight is twenty twenty, and we can all play armchair quarterback, but I bet you Rob Blagojevich wish he'd have took that seat versus having to sit in the feds for eight years, man. I mean, and then Donald Trump, you know, when they, they uh, talked to Blagojevich for a minute, and they was like, you know, he said, well, that's a Republican president letting go of this former Democratic governor. I'm like, man, it don't matter if you was libertarian, you could have been horsetarian. They just you were happy to be out of there. And I know Blagojevich is happy to be released from prison. You know, one of me, one of my uh, lodge brothers, you know, I'm a, I'm a Mason, and we had did a charity where these men who were released recently to a halfway house, you know, once you get out of jail, sometimes they give you the rest of your sentence you can do at a halfway house. It doesn't mean that you crazy or anything. It's just that you're halfway back into society. And he said something to me that I swear it was so captivating. The man was like, the first thing he did when he got home from jail, he went to the kitchen and he opened the refrigerator. And it wasn't that he was looking for food. He had done a 12-year bid and he just wanted to see the light come on in the refrigerator. That's deep, man. I mean, think about that. You've been gone from society for so long that you don't even, you take it for granted just to watch the the light in the refrigerator come on. Yeah, you know, and if you think about it, if our light goes off in our refrigerator, if the bulb blows out or whatever, if it's not an easy bulb to replace, 
People will not go in that fridge to go look for food. I can't see. I can't see. And we got flashlights built into our phones now. You know, it's like, man, use your flashlight and go in the fridge, man. Change your bulb. But I thought that was miraculous that, you know, the man felt like he just wanted to go home and just see what a, the refrigerator light looked like because he was gone for so long. I wonder what Blagojevich did, you know, when he got home. Outside of Patty. <laughs> wow, that's one of the biggest motivations to not go to prison, man. I adore the opposite sex. I mean, it ain't just, I'm not talking about smashing them all. And I know people are like, oh, you so nasty. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I like to be around ladies because the perspective is different. You know, I, I have twin children, boy and girl. And to see babies come up from children, you know, from toddler, from infancy, when they come out the womb, they're acting different, man. And to see my little girl, you know, go from her baby girl to little girl to young adult, stage and in my son it is a big difference and to witness that from the, from the purest form you know that that's something else man so if you went to jail and you had to do an extensive amount of time in jail what's one of the first things you would do outside of the opposite sex <laughs> give me a call at 877-711-5611 i'm just curious i mean i have no plans to go to jail you know i had a cousin that uh he did some time, some significant time. And this man is a double bachelor degree individual. But when he came home, you know, and he was staying with my brother for a while, his whole dialect was different. I mean, and he was in that jail mode. He was like, man, you know, Chow was at 3.30. My brother like, what the hell is Chow? <laughs> I didn't know. I thought he was saying bye in Italian. What is Chow? But no, that was how they talked in this prison he was at. He was ready to go to Chow. So I don't plan on going to jail anytime soon. And if I have to do some extensive time in there, they may not get me. I ain't going. I'm sorry. It's a bridge over by Lake Michigan I'm jumping off of. I refuse to go and be incarcerated. So, And I'm totally being facetious. I'm not going to kill myself ever, and I'm not going to jail. So we're just going to rule both of those off the table. So other top hot-button topic that I wanted to touch on. We lost one of our legends, man. Jenna Dubois passed away this week. She was Valona on Good Times that we affectionately known her as. And she actually wrote, well, co-wrote the theme song to the Jeffersons moving on up. And she had a hand in the Good Times theme. And that was like TV magic. You you knew what was what time it was and what was going on when you heard the Good Times theme and then you heard the Jeffersons. I mean, Lady was very talented, you know, and I think we take our our stars for granted sometimes because I hadn't been thinking about Janet Dubois. You don't even think she's that old because when you think about Bernadette Stannis, Thelma Evans, she's in her 60s. So if she could be in her 60s, you know that Janet Dubois, she was doing her thing, man, and her time had came. So definitely rest in peace to her. I enjoyed her work, and I'm, that's one of the reasons why I always say I would love to, well, I'm trying to go into film, and that's why I want to do this radio show. Because these shows have been archived, and they'll be around long after me. So I wanted to leave a piece of myself here for my, my children's offsprings, you know, my children's 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 children. I want the great-great-great-grands to pop on the Darien America show, episode 10, and be like, man, my granddad was kind of smart. Well, 
Unfortunately, they may not never know that. Um, I ain't that smart, but I'm smart enough. But man, that was definitely something that kind of it plugged at your heartstrings to hear that, man. And I, you know, I'm a karaoke DJ, and I did a couple of. Well, I tried to do my version of moving on up on her behalf, man. So rest in peace, Janet Dubois. Your, you and your family, our prayers and hearts are definitely open to you all. But that woman was great, man. Think about the people that she's up there with now. I mean, she up there with George, with Wheezy, with Archie Bunker, with Edith, you know, Tom, Helen, Arnold Jackson. I mean, that would be a hell of a sitcom to watch. You know, I mean, you had all of them on the same sitcom anyway, basically all in the family, except for Arnold. But, man, we got some talented angels floating around. All right. So, if you've been following me on Facebook, I, I posted a picture today. And it was a picture of me. And I swear I didn't pose for the picture, even though I'm a selfie guy. And, you know, I've had ladies say, man, shouldn't take selfies. I take selfies because I'm trying to capture the moment. And I want to do the big progressive picture. You know, once my hair and all that start turns white and I'm old, my face wrinkling up, I want to catch that picture from when I was 25 years old and I'm a time progressive all the way through to whatever time I'm I'm at. So, and then, then you know me, I don't care what nobody think anyway. If I want to take a selfie, I'm going to take a selfie. But I was taking this selfie. Now, it's three and I'm probably going to spill into the next uh, segment, but it was about three in the morning and I'm taking a comb a couple of my karaoke patrons. They came to the place, didn't have rides back. And I'm like, okay, well, you can hop in the truck with me. I'll, I'll get you to your next destination. And I probably shouldn't be saying this on the radio, but I was lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> I was tipsy. But, I'm, I mean, I drive better when I'm tipsy, and I shouldn't even be saying that part. All the police that are listening, hey, police friends. <laughs> but what was I looking at in that picture? And I'm actually going to go into that because we're coming up on break. And I really want to explain this story to you all, man. It is a, it just kind of threw me because I heard something that put me, it knocked me off my square, honestly. So, you know, you're three in the morning and you've been drinking and doing karaoke all night. It can be like that. So we're coming up on our break. What is the state we're covering today? And why was I looking ridiculous on the internet this morning? Give me a call at 877-711-5611. This is the Darian America Show. CGO, y'all. Hey, welcome back to the Darian America Show. Yes, WCGO 1590. Simulcast 95.9 FM. Coming back to some good old good times. Man, Janet Dubois. Yeah, that was... That plucks your heartstrings, man. It does. But, you know, nobody beats Father Time. So I hope I can have a long and illustrious run like she did. And hopefully I come back the next lifetime as somebody better. <laughs> so I'm talking about this picture I took this morning, man. And, you know, I mean, I'm a selfie guy. I, I, I don't care. That's what I do. I like to take selfies because I want the progression of my face or my body, whatever I'm taking a picture of. But I took this picture. Yeah, I'm look on the Facebook page. I asked you to caption this picture because I didn't pose for that. And like I was saying, I was tipsy. I was very tipsy. So I took a couple of my karaoke patrons. You know, they wanted me to drop them off at home. And we stopped at one of the Maxwell Street spots in Chicago. Now, it's only one Maxwell Street. We all know that. And we know the 
the terrible name that is referred to as, and I'm not going to say it. I got crucified in high school for saying that in front of one of my teachers. But you know these Maxwell Street spots, they pop up everywhere. And you got to have a good one. You got to have your favorite because they all aren't the same. So we went to the one on, on 79th right off Stony Island. Um, that one didn't have a good reputation. I mean, come on, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, 3.30 in the morning. None of them have a great reputation. But their food was kind of iffy. Well, they upped the game. I mean, I got a couple of Polishes this morning. They were great. But before I got to the Polishes, everybody says, man, take a picture when you're drunk. Just see what you look like. So I said, let me do this. I'm going to take this selfie. And I was posing for the selfie. Now, when we walked in... It was some guys going back and forward. And, you know, at 3 in the morning, you don't want to hear that, man. I'm like, I hope they're not finna kick off nothing. I hope they're not fighting. I hope it's not nothing stupid. It was a guy, and it was a homeless guy. And the guy was trying to give the homeless guy some money. Well, the homeless guy had asked for some money. Let me totally set this picture and paint this picture for you. So me and my buddies, we walk in. They getting in line. I'm, I find myself up against the wall to take my wonderful drunken selfie. And the guy is kind of chastising the homeless guy. Now, I totally understand. I get sick of them asking me for money because hey, I'm in the streets at this time of morning mostly. And I just, as hard as I work for the money I get, I'm not going to give you any of it. You know, and that's just me. And, you know, charity, you have, it's a time and a place for everything. I know this man is out in the cold and it's three in the morning. So these guys are going back and forth, and they're yelling at the guy. And this one tall guy, he like, man, you got to do something better for yourself, man. You got to stand up. You got to be better than what you are, brother. I don't mind giving you this money, but I'm just saying, do you want help or do you want to eat? What you finna do? So he's just totally lecturing this guy, right? <laughs> so as I'm posing for my picture, I have a two-second flash on my picture. I'm getting ready to take my picture. And I hear the guy tell the homeless guy, he like, you going to stand up for yourself. You're going to do better for yourself. Man, do you have a library card? Wait, what? <laughs> and I totally, like, being tipsy and I heard that. That's your great advice to this man who don't have a, he's homeless. Do he have a library card? How about he ain't even got an address? And you're heckling him. And then right after that, the man says, you know when somebody say, I don't mean no disrespect. And that's, he basically said that. He was like, I ain't trying to be self-righteous. I ain't trying to, like, come off like I'm better than you. What do you think you just said to the man asking him if he had a library card? He don't have an address. He probably don't have an ID to get the library card. But you want to stand up on your high horse and tell him he needs a library. What exactly, what does he need the library card for? I'm going to put this question out to you all. Do you have a library card? Give me a call at 877-711-5611 and tell me if you have your library card. And there's nothing wrong with having the library card. I haven't saved my library card since 1991 when I had to go to the library. You know, I take that back. I had to apply for another one and get another one when I was on unemployment for a while. And that was a part of the unemployment is you had to have a library card because you need to be going there to apply for jobs. That that man ain't got no house. <laughs> what what he finna do with a library card? 
And you're telling him that you're not being self-righteous and you not talking down to him. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. It's barely 30 degrees. It was probably like 15 degrees last night. This man was trying to get some food. I mean, if you give him money, you don't know what he's going to do with that money. I mean, he could very well go walk right over there and order him some food. Or he could save the money and go buy crack or go buy alcohol. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Where are you going to find some alcohol at? I mean, yeah, the bootleggers, they, <laughs> we call them bootleggers, but they're selling alcohol past the legal time. They ain't making no bathtub gin. I'm not drinking no bathtub gin or no beer made up by anybody at 3 o'clock in the morning. Just wait till 11 when the liquor store open again. I was, I was too tipsy to really, like, give the dude a piece of my mind because I get it. You want to feel big. You're lecturing this guy on him asking you for money and he needs to have a library card. You jackass. The man was trying to get some food at that point at three in the morning. And if he took your two, three dollars that you gave him, a crack rock costs 10 bucks. At least that's what I heard. I mean, you ain't finna get no weed for three dollars. So Get out the shut up, dude. <laughs> give him the money or not give him the money. That was the most asinine thing I heard at three in the morning. This man trying to get something to eat. And trust and believe, man don't work, man don't eat. I teach my children that. You know, you have to have a job. And I know everybody can't get a job. I had an employee that worked for me once when I was doing contract security. And this man, he lived in a hotel. He made it work. And if we wanted to call him for shifts, we had to call the hotel and be put through the room 35 or whatever room he was at. And then he would answer the phone and be like, yes, sir, Mr. Sims, I'll take that shift. His biggest concern was, could he get around because of the way the buses run? Sometimes the buses cut off at a certain time. And if the weather isn't in climate like it is now, you don't want to be stuck out there trying to get from A to B. And you got to walk a long way if there's no bus running. You can't afford a cab, and Uber wasn't invented yet. So I get it. That man still, he made a way. He kept his uniforms pristine. He kept them in the cleaners. He had, you know, we gave him about three or four of them, and he did his thing. But everybody is not crafty like that. And the way that this society is set up, I still don't believe that there should be anybody hungry because we waste so much food. Come on, I worked in the retail industry and I we would go through the store and find stuff that expired and take it off the shelves and dispose of it we put it in the compactor so we wasted all that food and I know that there are food pantries set up and this man could find somewhere to go eat but look if you're on the streets it's a reason you're on the street and you're choosing to be on the street I'm sure if he could stay with his family he probably would. We don't know why he's out there. But for you to get on your high horse and to ask him if he got a library card, I was trying to ear hustle a little bit and, and hear exactly what he was going to tell him to do with that library card. I mean, was he going to eat it? <laughs> that was the stupidest. <laughs> and it, it just really got under my skin. And I said, man, I, I, I want to talk about this on my radio show today. What do you feel about that? You can give me a call at 877-711-5611.
tell me if you still got your and and it's okay if you got your library card, but are you gonna tell somebody who's homeless, who's hungry, you need a library card so he can apply for what job, and what how is he gonna get the job? Now he's in a tough situation, yes, and sometimes the circumstances are a little difficult, and he may have to really work hard to put himself up back from his bootstraps, and maybe he don't even want to. He's been out there so long, he just comfortable with begging. But don't be a jackass to the people that are down, man. Go get your library card. Man, I, I swear, if I wasn't tipsy, I wasn't going to do nothing to him. But I was just going to give him the stupid look that I put on the picture that I put on my Facebook page. All right, so I didn't blew off a little steam on that. Go get your library card. Okay, I'm, th- I'm done. I'm done with that. What state are we covering today? Man, it kind of goes into, I guess you could say it could be a part of homelessness because I don't know why that man was out there like that. But we're covering the state of depression. And of course, depression has this negative connotation to it. It's depression. It, matter of fact, I have the definition down here, but this ain't going to be a show that makes you depressed. Trust me. Because my, like I be saying to the dice man, roll the dice, 8 o'clock on Sundays, I'm too pretty to be depressed. <laughs> I refuse to be depressed. So what is depression? This is from www.healthline.com, and they define depression as feelings of severe despondency and dejection. Sounds about right. You know, you get into those modes where you're just overly sad, and you may not know why. I kind of think I know why. I know why I'm sad a lot. And the first thing that when I do feel depressed or if I'm saying I'm depressed, The first question that everyone asks, and you should ask, what do you want? It's a good question. What will it take for you to not be depressed? And see, even that whole sentence in itself, most people are depressed because they can't have what they want. Think about it. When you were a little kid, you go to the store with mom, grocery store, whatever store. You're, you want something. And you go to mom and say, mama, I want that toy. Mama, I want that candy. Please. And you get to flipping out and acting a fool. And mom, <laughs> well, you know, they say there are different moms in different cultures. But I know how my mom act. She going to look at you like, boy, <laughs> you don't get your. So. We're going to go into this, y'all. The state of depression is what we're covering today. Why are you depressed? If you're depressed, you can give me a call at 877-711-5611, and we can talk about it. This is the Darien America Show, WCGO 1590, Chicago, Smart Talk. Let's go. Hi, I'm Darian D. Silk Sims, the host of the Darien America Show. And I want to let you know that you're listening to the podcast version of the Darien America Show, which airs every Saturday from noon to 1 central on WCGO Radio. Tune in live from 1590 AM and 95.9 FM in the Chicagoland area, WCGORadio.com, or watch the live feed at Facebook.com slash WCGORadio. The latest podcast episode becomes available every Sunday. You can find it, rate it, and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. If you'd like to get in touch about the show or inquire about sponsorship opportunities and rates, please reach out to DarianAmerica at Hotmail.com. Okay. Back to the show. 
Welcome back to the Darian America Show, WCGO Smart Talk, yo. The state we're covering is the state of depression. And this isn't about to be a depressed show. I'm not about to sit here and what was me and crying, all that stuff. If you're not a part of the solution, you're a part of the problem. And I'm a problem solver. So you got any issues with depression or something you want to discuss, please give me a call at 877-711-5611. Let's talk about it. You know, let's get this out in the open. You know, some things I believe we need to say out loud so we can understand and we can know where we're coming from and we get to work on it. So the state of depression, and I have six major types of depression. See, I didn't even realize that there were different types of depression. You know, I'm just thinking somebody's sad and, you know, but let me touch on these. You have your major depressive state disorder, and this is all coming from www.healthline.com if you wanted to check it out. But your major depressive disorder, it's estimated that 16.2 million adults in the United States, or 6.7% of the adults, have at least one major depressive episode in a given year. I can believe that. You know, when you're looking around and you're talking to your buddies and somebody, you just know it's something on them. They feel, you, you look, you can see it. You can almost smell depression. <laughs> well, when people are super depressed, they don't bathe. Let me stop. I, I'm just I'm not rationalizing everybody, but you can tell when somebody's depressed. And everybody goes through it. But like I said, right before we came into this segment, it's usually because they want something. But you get to a point where if a person has been depressed for so long, they don't even know what they want. You know, and I live with it. I mean, I love my son and I push him. I'm glass half full. You would think an infectious attitude, you know, you can kind of inherit it. Or it'll come on, it'll spill on to you. Usually when people come around me, that's why they come to karaoke a lot. Because I'm the most positive karaoke DJ in the world. Everybody sounds good. Sure they do. Sounds just like the record. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy, you said it. And how? <laughs> but I just don't know what, you know, I try to not allow depressive states to get to me. But I go through it, too. And it's mainly because it's something that I want. So identify what it is that they want. Ask them. And if they can't tell you, because a lot of the times my son can't even tell me, you know, he'll be going through his depression and he'll, son, what do you want? What's, what would make you happy? If I gave you all the money in my pocket right now, would that make you happy? I ain't finna do it, but I'm just trying to, you know, see what it'll take. And he'll be like, no, dad, that's not it. But what is it? You know, did your girlfriend say something to you wrong? Did Find out what that problem is. And if they can't tell you, it may be something more, it may be something major. You know, we need to be able to understand this because depression leads to things. And if you stay in a depressed state for too long, you're asking for trouble. So the number two type of depression, persistent depressive disorder. Or, man, I I don't want to mess this word up. And I, I practice saying this word, too. Dysthymia. That's what it's called. That's the... Medical terminology for it. Chronic low-level depression that's lower in severity than major depression. And it lasts like two years or longer. 
and it occurs in 1.5% of U.S. adults in a given year. So this is that person that's always depressed. They keep it on them. See, if you stay with it for too long, it'll, it'll fester and it'll take you over. You know, and I do believe that energy is transferring. You can transfer it. That's why I try to stay positive and upbeat. Because if you stay around me long enough, you'd be like, man, don't nothing make this dude mad. Which is not true, because if you know me, you know I have my moments. But my attitude stays up. And I try to keep everybody around me with that same type of energy. If you push that energy out to the universe, you transfer it on the people. Because I've seen the negative. I've done it. You know, I was dating a lady at one point, and I was going through so much with my children. My son, you know, he he tried to kill himself. And we all have a lot of people that say that, you know, my daughter tried it, my son tried it. You know, I know people, I know people who successfully done it. So to think that my baby wanted to do that, and I'm like, you didn't think about what it would do to me? You know, what would happen if you left this world? He was, he said he wasn't thinking about that at the time. He just didn't want to hurt anymore. He was in pain. I understand that, you know, but I was transferring my negative energy off onto this lady. She stopped talking to me. I mean, honestly, I can't blame her for it. I was really in a bad place. My mental was gone. I mean, every time I called her, I mean, I would call every time he did something or something happened at the hospital, I would call her and try to talk to her, you know, because you, if you're dating somebody, you're supposed, they're supposed to be there for you. That's what they say. But... I might have gave that lady too much. She couldn't take it anymore. You know, she had her own problems. She had bills. She had children that she was dealing with. But I just kept coming with my sob story, my sad story, and I transferred that energy onto her when she stopped talking to me. And we don't talk to this day. I mean, I'm kind of okay with that because I took that a certain type of way. I would have rather you told me, can you stop talking to me about this, Darian? It's a bit much. And I need you to, you know, find other ways. I'm, I, I'm not strong enough to deal with that. She chose to ignore me. And that's the worst thing you could do to a person, especially if a person is in pain. So I try to do better. I learn from my mistakes. I don't want to transfer that energy. So if you're talking to somebody or you're around somebody that's depressed, don't, don't take their energy on because they don't mean it. They're not trying to depress you. They're really feeling some type of way. And maybe they've been lost for so long that they just do not know how to come back. So you try to find out. But the key word in that whole thing is talk to them. Get them to talk. Because usually when people are really depressed like that, they don't want to talk. They're used to keeping all of that inside. And this second type of depression, they hold on to it. And it's like they can sit in this for two years. How long two years is? I mean, the Cubs won the World Series. What has that been four years ago? That went by like that. Them jokers ain't gonna win it again either, and I'm depressed about that. <laughs> Why did I jab my Cubs? I couldn't help it. Do better, Cubs. But in any event, talk to those people. You know, don't ignore them. Don't avoid them. Try to get them to talk. And the one thing that we go to. I've used it as a go-to, as a crutch. We use alcohol, 
performance enhancing drugs. That's what I call the edibles and the marijuana of the world. Don't rely on that. There are different ways. There are better ways to get past the depression. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some ways. We're going to hit a few other depression topics on this list, but it's about being positive and uplifting, y'all. It's the Darian America Show, WCGO 1590. Smart Talk. Let's go. Ah, this is the Darian America Show, WCGO 1590 AM, simulcast 95.9 FM. We are talking about the state of depression, and we're trying to figure out what to do about it, man. Because these are some staggering numbers. I mean, 16.5 million Americans are being depressed on certain levels of depression. And let me get into these, at least touch these other topics and let you know it's different versions and it's different forms of depression. So number three, and this is probably the most deadly one that we all come across, the bipolar disorder or the manic depressive disorder. Says it affects about 2.8% of the U.S. population in a given year. It occurs equally in men and women, while 83% of the cases are considered severe. Bipolar is real. (laughs) It is real. And when you see somebody go from zero to 60 in 10 seconds, yeah, you know, we blame it on the Geminis. (laughs) But I'm still a firm, like, a firm questioner in what does it matter on what time you came into this world, what date, which determines how you are going to behave. I just can't buy that. But that's a whole nother topic, man. But the bipolar depression, woo, buddy, I don't wish that on anybody. You know, I believe my son has a touch of that. You know, it, it, it's, it's hard to deal with. It's hard to see because when a person is in that bipolar state and they're going into that angry place that's inside of them and they may not understand why they're getting there and it happens so frequently, you know, the first reaction is to defend. So you're going to defend yourself, which means you may have to attack them. And that's really not what they want. I said in the last segment, energy is you, it's transferable. You know, and if you see a person going in that direction, I mean, I was a security manager and a lot of my staff, they suffered from bipolar. They, man, Mr. Sims, I hate this job. This just <laughs> Everybody bipolar when it comes to the job, right? <laughs> But I didn't want them to go away with that hostility in their spirit. I mean, at this point, all I can do is listen. And I have to understand that don't take on their energy, because if you take on the energy that they're putting out into the universe, especially when they're in that negative space of the bipolarism, it will suck you in. And you find yourself kind of attacking Don't attack a person who's going through a bipolar episode, but just be cautious, you know, because they could be going into a place where they're going to get really extreme with it. And I've seen the extreme side of that. I mean, we've all seen on the news where cases of the heart, somebody come in and catch their significant other cheating, not saying that that's the reason that they'll go bipolar, but if they have that in their spirit and they always think that the other person is cheating and they don't trust them, that trust factor isn't there, they can kind of go zero to 60 in a heartbeat. And you're trying to, hey, I'm, I'm trying to diffuse this situation. Just calm, deep breath, 
That's key to most bouts of anger. If you can catch that person and get them to, I have to do it myself a lot. I mean, hey, I work in karaoke, and for whatever reason, people can't wait in line. Jeez. Usa, namaste. All right. I don't want to go bipolar right now. And I felt myself getting there. See the energy. I was about to transfer my negative energy through the airwaves. But bipolar is serious. And if you know someone who has those tendencies, make sure that they can see it. And then let's try to come up with a solution, man. Like I said, take them in a different direction. And if they need help, the biggest form of help is the listening part. That's why therapy is huge. And I think therapy does work because you need to talk to somebody who doesn't have a dog in this fight. They don't know you. They're learning you, but they don't know you and they can't judge you. But when you go talk to your best friends, your best friends have to be the biased people. If you say, man, old girl, diss me, she ain't, mm, your best friend's first response is supposed to be, man, that's right. You doggone right, bruh. Unless you were doing something to her that you had no business doing, and they should have identified that and pulled your card on it a while ago. But again, different topic. Seasonal depressive disorder. <laughs> I'm almost 99% sure that I suffer from this. I hate the winter. And I know I'm not alone. And it will get to me. Man, I'm sitting in the crib and I want to go. I could want to go around the corner to, to the gas station. It's just somewhere where I don't go get squares no more. Still beating at y'all. Now, I'm not going to pretend like I haven't had a cigarette. I, I bum them. But I don't smoke them every day. And if I get one or two, still no excuse. I don't need them all. But I don't buy packs anymore. So, baby steps. But seasonal depression is real. The sun is out today, man. How long has it been since the sun has been shining over Chicago, really? We've had a lot of gray days. And those gray days, they get into your system, your spirit. Cause you to transfer your energy. And you're walking around with your head down. You don't, I don't know what I'm saying. The seasons can do it. So the ultimate answer would be <laughs> take a vacation to somewhere warm. All us can't afford a vacation. I have not been on vacation, I swear, at at least... It's been about four years. A real vacation. Mm, brother man tired. But seasonal depression is real. If you notice, I mean, again, talk to a person. And you can say that, like, man, I ain't seen the sun in a few days. Let them know. So postpartum depression, that is real. I, man, if you have not witnessed a woman go through postpartum, you got to look at it, man. She would have just carried this body, or in my case, two bodies, <laughs> inside of her body. That has to be driving them insane. I had a cast on my leg for like three months. And, you know, I'm rolling over. I'm kicking myself in the other ankle. It's itching so terribly. And they're like, you can't scratch it. You can't get it wet. It's awful. So... How you think a woman feel when she got a life inside her for nine months and she can't go anywhere? I mean, it goes with her all the time. It ain't like she could take it off and be like, okay, I'm going to take a time out. I'm going to take this little belly off and sit it down. Oh, I need to stress my... Them people be inside of them. Yeah, and when they come out, I can imagine. I mean, hey, the baby's going to get all the attention. Everybody want to come and hug the baby, hold the baby, but they not there 
when the baby is up at the middle of the night crying because they need a diaper change or they're not feeling good, they're adjusting to being in the world, it can drive a woman crazy. But guess what, though? Men can have postpartum, too. Yeah. They can because that woman, she getting aggressive with them. She mad you not doing what you're supposed to do, man. And they, yeah. But when you notice that, again, talk to people. You know, with that woman who just had that baby, help her out. You know, you don't have to be perfect. The baby don't know that you don't know how to change the diaper. The baby don't know that you don't know how to put clothes on them. Just try and help her out some. You know, if she's breastfeeding or whatever, yeah, well, you can't partake in that unless she's pumped the milk into the bottles for the baby or whatever. But do the best you can and communicate. Don't let her sit around and be sad. Talk to her. You ain't got to annoy her, but talk to her. Postpartum is real. I totally believe in that. Some people, ain't no postpartum. Yeah, it is. I 100% agree with it, and I believe in it. And the last thing I have here is psychotic depression. When major depression or bipolar disorders are accompanied by hallucinations, delusions, or paranoia, those are the ones when the people are in traffic yelling and hollering, and <laughs> that's real, too. Because if you stay in such a negative state and it, it rolls with you, it can become a part of your psyche. You know, and they have, we all know that a lot of psychotic houses, crazy houses, I didn't want to say that, but they closed them down. And now, you know, we got to send them to the doctor to get looked at. So people are walking around so depressed that they're starting to hallucinate things. I, be, I believe that's real. It's a lot of things out here to get us depressed, y'all. But I'm going to say this to you. You have to believe that whatever you're going through is temporary. You can beat it. But you have to beat it with help. Sometimes it gets to that point. And the hardest things, we've talked about that before. The hardest thing in the world to do is to tell somebody I love you. And then the other hardest thing in the world to do is to ask for help. I can't even ask for help at the end of the night when I'm wrapping up my equipment. Well, that's because I'm particular, and I don't want people to mess stuff up. But you have to identify. If you see something, say something. If you see one of your family members or one of your loved ones being a little bit irrational, they're down, their head is down, they, you can't get a straight answer, they can't look you in the eye. Sometimes the best words are the words that you don't say. Just sit with them. Look, man, I can't fix it. I don't know how to, the answers. But let's just sit here until we can find an answer or we feel better. It's legit. You know, I think about that a lot. I always say, and I've said it on this show many a day, that I've never had a job that paid me more than $40,000 in a year. I want to do a lot of things financially. But if I stop working, I can't even come close to that. One day I have my big job, and you have to let that person know. If it's something financial that you want, you can get it. Just weather the storm. Stay the course. And if you're feeling a certain type of way, please open up and say something to the people around you. And you've been listening to the Darien America Show, brought to you on WCGO 1590 AM, Simulcast 95.9 FM. We air each and every Saturday from noon to 1 p.m. This is Darien America saying thank you for tuning in.